Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, we're waiting for Taz to come online with us. We'll be talking to Mir Schneider today. And about his... Oh, here we go. Good morning, Taz. <laughs> good morning, Paula. Well, our guest is not with us yet, but we can introduce him. Okay, let's do that. Okay, today our guest is Mir Schneider. Mir Schneider's heart song has never been more magnificent. He's been graced with a knowledge that comes from experience and released to the universe to support others with ease, as he knows exactly what to do to wake up our bodies. Yes, he knows the exact button to support you for that visibility into your mind's eye that accelerates your forward movement towards seeing with a new eye health. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, Paula, you know that's exactly true. For me, I really knows how to connect people to their very own genius, and we are sure that from the first day of Mir's life, his middle name must have been silently written as new possibilities written across his forehead. Um, since birth, he's been stepping to his very own drummer, born with cataracts and other serious vision problems, and doctors pronounced his condition hopeless, and he was certified legally blind. And now, well, he has his own driver's license, of course, and the groove's here to show us just how to accomplish it. And now here with us today to share with us his latest awesome book arriving on the media circuit called Vision for Life, 10 Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement. Okay, I see Amir. He's here. Just a moment. All right. Good morning, Amir. Hi. You're, well, you're truly an inspiration to all of us. And every time you come on our show, our listeners and uh, everyone learns a new thing every time you come on the show. And today you're going to share with us your latest new book, Vision for Life. Congratulations. Thank you very, very much. It was four years in production, and um, you always think you're finishing the book, but there's more things to do. It was, uh, funny enough, published first of all in Portuguese, um, and then it was published in English. And there's a reason for that. But the main thing that I want to say about the book is that it tells you how you can prevent deterioration of your vision. And many people are not paying attention to the fact that medicine doesn't try to do that. And um, uh, it's interesting that medicine didn't believe that we can prevent heart problems. They thought that people who um, eat a good diet and do exercises are a bunch of freaks and that there is no standing to the fact that they can affect the heart in any way. Today, they preach for it themselves. They tell you to cut certain things from your diet and to do exercise because it's good for your heart. But if you try to do it in the 60s, you'd be laughed away. Well, today, I am willing to be a, a pioneer, a laughing stock, whatever it is, and I want to say to people, your vision can improve and you can prevent eye problems. And uh, again, uh, because they say that eye problems are unpreventable, they don't do anything to prevent them. And uh, so this book 
shows you how to prevent eye problems. And it's a very serious issue because eye problems weren't as rampant about a uh, hundred years ago. They weren't as great ten years ago. And even the last two years is worse than the two years before in the middle of writing this book. So basically, this is something that is so urgent and is so important to learn how to prevent eye problems. So that's the first part of the book. And then the second part tells you how to improve nearsightedness, farsightedness, astigmatism, cross-sightedness. And then, uh, then we talk about what you do after you had a med- medical procedure. Let's say you had cataract and they remove your lens. They just send you home and hope all is going to be okay. Uh, they'll check for some symptoms, but they won't do anything to prevent them. And this talks about what to do after cataract surgery, what to do after glaucoma procedure. And then we talk about people who uh, have low vision, how to get along with low vision, how to um, uh, function better with low vision. By the way, I have right now one lady who came to me all the way from Portugal uh, with low vision, and um, uh, we're looking for donations for her because she really stretched herself, thought her insurance would cover her, but it didn't, and uh, she has to live here as she works with me, and that she came with low vision. She had to come all the way from Portugal because nobody in Portugal, but truth to the matter is that nobody anywhere else works as successfully with low vision and improve people's eyes to the extent that I do in here. So we talk about how to get along with low vision, how to sharpen your vision. And if um, uh, Aurora, the one I'm speaking with, is any indication, her vision got way better from seeing from five feet just the first two lines. She's seeing right now the sixth line from five feet. She still has low vision, but much less of it. So that book covers all of that. Mayor, you certainly are the forerunner. You know, you you really are supporting people and strengthening their eyesight for the better, no matter you know what the problem is. It's it's just amazing all all these years you've shared with individuals an alternative path to strengthen one's eyes and with a natural, proven and and, and doable method instead of being driven to a one-way road of a profit-driven uh, surgery-based outcome. And it's really exciting to know that we have these alternatives. And the strength that you just bring forth is is just a breath of fresh air. It really is. It's nice to have Thank a you. holistic, the the holistic um, tool in your pocket. I mean, you know, you can. And with your book, it's really cool. I going through that book. I, I you know, you can support your eyes so that they can heal in. And the master is with you in, in this new book all the way. I mean, really, I'm, you know, you're you're pulling up, you're walking through the process with people uh, holding their hand through this book, and it's great. And it's always wonderful to be with you to learn this process, but if you can't, the book is certainly magnificent. It's um, really totally amazing. It's when interesting. The person book, who took pictures, the person who took the pictures for the book, um, yeah. Himself have improved a lot. He's a good photographer. It's all black and white. It was a low-cost production. But uh, he um, he captured the exercises so well. He improved a lot with this work. By the way, he's a little bit colorblind. Not all colors uh, he doesn't see, but he doesn't see some of them, like red. But the black and white really worked well for him, and he could really capture the feel of the exercises in the book. It's interesting, there are eye charts in the back of the book, four of them. Um, One with which you measure your vision as you improve. Uh, So you only visit it every other week or every third week, so you don't remember the letters in it. One from 10 feet, one from 20 feet, and then one chart with equal letters. Because I recommend that uh, if you, let's say, can see the 20, 40 line from 10 feet, that means you see 2080, you stand from 10 feet and you look actually at the whole chart of 2050 that is bigger than the 2040 line. Like let's say instead of two centimeters, it's two and a half centimeters. But still it takes you some time to earn the sight of those letters. 
And as you look at those letters, slowly, slowly, you see, uh, you start to see much better from 10 feet. And I discovered that after seeing the 2040 line, you'll see the 2030 mm-hmm. and the 2020 and so on. So you get used to a certain distance with a little bit bigger letters than the ones that you can read. And then the ones that you can read, you see even better. And then in the other side of that page, there is all kinds of drawing for red and green glasses that uh, you work in order to create more even use of the eyes where you can see with the green glasses the drawing, but you cannot see them with the red, and you normally put the red over your strong eye. So we really went into real details, and the people who, who printed the books, uh, North Atlantic, first had no intention of putting those charts in the book until I came back with the Portuguese book uh, with, a, 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 with a publisher called Coltrix. And I've shown them that they have pages that you detach from the book. And in spite of the fact that they went over budget because they wanted to do a low-cost low production, they ended up earning less money. They said, okay, so we're a non-profit. We want to give the information to the public and ended up printing those charts and uh, attached them with an envelope to all books, which ended up being even better than what's in the Portuguese section. So I'm so happy. And by the way, the book is out this month. I think that um, the publication date was supposed to be October 15th. It moved ahead to October 2nd. And the first time that I'm doing a book signing, except in the San Jose Fair where I brought my own books, uh, is in East-West Bookshop in Mountain View, which is in a region close to many of the audience. It's even worth going there from Santa Cruz. So if you if you can come to East-West Bookshop next Thursday from 7.30 to 9, I will demonstrate eye exercises, help you improve your vision, and give you a, a heads up of how you can work with the book. And I really, really hope to create a revolution with this book. I really think that um, anyone who can support it will support eye care and health care for many, many years. This is the more important message which is so hidden. We gave up on our eyes. That's what the medical science did, and I refuse to give up on your eyes, and I want you to refuse to do the same thing, and it's basically, you can look at it as modern yoga, as a new way of um, working with the Bates method. Any way you want to look at it is fine. The thing is, this is a whole new set of information, even information that wasn't available for me uh, until very recently, which has to do with new findings that I have, and it's condensed well and explained well, and the pictures, there are 80 pictures in that book that show you how to do the work. Well, my friend just had cataract surgery, and her vision is blurred now, and she's scared to death. And I told her about your book, and I'm going to send it to her. So uh, hopefully that will... Not your, not your signed copy. I don't allow you to do that. No, no, no. No, I'm going to get another one. Give it to her as a What's gift. What's signed for you is yours, Paula. This is, I know. This is what I signed I... to a good friend of mine. <laughs> Yes, I know. When I opened up the book and I saw that, it brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> that was really nice. <laughs> well, I really well, think Mayor, we have deep friendship. Mayor, I, I really want to ask you, um, do you have glasses out? Where, where do people get the red um, lens and the green lens? Is it, they can how, order how they it from them? us. They can order it from us. It's, I, I can't say it on your show, but I can just say it's not expensive at all. They can oh, order it from us. It's great. not like it's not like regular glasses. Also, three D glass, or they can prepare it themselves by taking um, red plastic and green plastic and put it in a frame, and they can do that as well. But the yeah. easiest thing is to order it from us. It's easy. Wow, wow, this is incredible. You know, talk about mental well-being when you can't see. <laughs> you know what? I know what that feels like. I wear contacts. <laughs> when they're off in the morning, I don't see. You know what I mean? Like you, and it's um, obviously when you put the glasses back in and you can see and you walk around. Well, you feel a lot better, um, and you feel alert and alive. And it's like having the opportunity to to alter this is just uh, so so 
incredibly wonderful. And um, and not only that, but to approach vision with a maintenance and repair thought pattern is, you know, it's just really breathtaking to exactly. To Let, let's you talk further that. about that. Uh, you know. It's one thing that you cannot see until you put your contacts on, but just think that somebody cannot see even when they put their contacts on. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I know. That they lost vision, that it, they are not capable anymore to gain back. I mean, this is exactly um, the the work that I'm doing with quite a few people, that no matter how much correction you put, um, you cannot see any better, right? Yeah. So that... That is an important thing for um, for people to know that if you cannot if you cannot um, see without your lenses, one of the nice things to do is to have a lot of training and read the book and enjoy the natural vision you have. I mean, for example, in your case, Taz, if you would walk outdoors where it's lit, if you are able to adjust to the strong sunlight as we describe in the book that you relax the eyes in front of the sun by closing the eyes and moving the head from side to side but all the way from chin to shoulder and you do it for a hundred times and you do it every day and slowly slowly your pupils adjust to the sun so if you walk outside um, if it is in in your area, it's probably to a sunny day. If it's in the outer sunset, probably to a foggy day. But whatever it is, the outdoors is very clear. So then it's easier to see things outdoors. And then as you see things outdoors, you start to feel more comfortable with the vision that you have. When later on you put your contacts or your glasses on for things that you need, like to drive and, and to read and things of that nature, then you see even clearer through the contacts. Yes. Yes. So you know people what? that are have the beginnings of cataracts, they can reverse that? In my opinion, yes. In my opinion, yes. I've seen that happening. With a lot of palming, which is rubbing the hands and putting the hands over the eye orbits and, and resting them, and with a lot of looking at the distance, um, this is one of the reasons that we are by the beach where we can see the waves and the mountains that you have in your areas are very, very good, too, to look at. Um, wave dance to the side to wake up the periphery. All of that would be a great thing. Mir, when you did this book, what was the most exciting part of this book when you were developing it? The most exciting thing for me was to be able to show the exercises in a simple way and say, ah, they'll be able to do it. Because it's it's the hardest thing. You know, when I started the book, I read the book into tape. And I must say that I met with a slew of editors, partially because of my English uh, language. But the other part was, you know, I wanted people to put my material a bit more together. And something at first seemed to be like it was spoiled. I felt like I'm reading the book into tape in a poetic manner, like when I was talking about shifting, uh, the, the beauty of the world that you look at, the fact that we can see things with greater colors, with greater hues, with, uh, with greater contrast, and look at all those details. That was such a great thing. And then... Um, when we started to summarize all of this and put it in a coherent form, I felt like some of the poetry got lost, so then I had to bring it back, and I was very excited when I could see it. I could bring some of it back into existence in the book. Uh, because, you know, I really think that we can be in awe of nature. The force of nature is so massive, is so great, is so wonderful. And um, that becomes such an important thing, you know, to be to be um, um, one with nature and to appreciate what nature gave us. And the thing that is a problem for us, we look at the at the body so mechanically as if it's a machine, and it's above 
all machines that we know. And the more we appreciate what we have and the more we fuse with our body, the more we reveal to ourselves the strength and the power that the body has. So I was excited when I started, when I thought that I brought that, delivered that in my book to the world. In in the middle of the first, uh, uh, the third chapter, the beginning of the book, which was um, uh, which was uh, the ten steps for natural vision improvement. And can you believe you're going to have this book all over the world, sharing it with people all over the world? It's, I can just. You know, it's going to be more than two languages. It's going to be ten languages. Yeah. It's going to be in English, Portuguese, and the Czech language right now. And um, um, I am negotiating a contract for the Hebrew language as well. And I'm going to also do it, in, of course, in other languages as well. I'm just wanting to focus right now uh, right here on, on uh, what we do. You know, I, I really think it's such an important thing. You know, when somebody loses their vision, it becomes a burden on everyone, on them and on other people. I, I can tell you that uh, it takes a work of um, of their family, of themselves, of everyone to work on that. And we don't understand how every single day we take steps to lose our vision. Excessive use from near creates strain. Not looking enough far creates strain. Not paying attention to details is a terrible thing. That's why I'm inviting people to walk outside, to enjoy the sun, to enjoy flowers, to enjoy trees, to enjoy looking at things. Because when you stop doing it, that's the time that you start, you make small steps to to basically destroy the vision. But, you know, looking at flowers doesn't pay your bills, doesn't take care of things that stress you out about your life. And yet once you don't do it, your vision starts to get weaker without you even knowing it. How important blinking is and breathing, and also how important it is to loosen up the neck and bring more blood to the head. All that becomes such an important thing for for humanity. And I can't wait to see all of the world uh, opening their eyes, so to speak, and seeing how myopic we were all um, here, I mean, t- accepting glasses as the one and only solution for our lives. I think that eventually it leads to further and further and further loss because glasses are like crutches. You wear them, you need them. The more you wear them, the more you need them. And... Um, the opposite is true, too. There was one lady with very severe nearsightedness that she said, one of my pairs is at the computer and one of my pairs is at the dashboard. And two years later, it wasn't anymore at her computers, and three years later, it wasn't anymore at her dashboard because she could improve her vision with the eye exercises. So she wore the glasses for safety and for good vision. Well, you know what? It's so crippling to not be able to see. And, you know, we have things like um, uh, nearsighted and farsighted. We have glaucoma and cataracts. And what, Mir, is there, you know, when we're looking at glaucoma and cataracts, what is the stimulating factor that you're working with to bring that, that vision back is it is it is it circulation is it what's happening right let's here? talk first of all about glaucoma and then about cataract if it's okay with you yeah okay glaucoma according to the medical profession is a pressure in the eyes that is uh, not a pressure that the eye favors and to give you just regular numbers 10 to 20 in the mercury scale considered to be a Good pressure above it considered to be unfavorable pressure. After third, it's considered to be dangerous pressure. And then, in low pressure tension glaucoma, they want to have about 12 or 11, and so on. So they're saying that the pressure of the eyes leads to uh, destruction of the optic nerve. 
And here is the second thing that they have discovered that they did not know until a few years ago, that lack of blood flow also destroys the optic nerve. And there are some other things they have not discovered, and this is that more blood flow into the eyes reduces the pressure. And so I want to bring another element that they are not thinking about, but let's just talk about the whole issue. Lack of blood flow to the eyes, which is a result of a stiff neck, and um, uh, so lack of blood flow to the eyes, and um, lack of balance use of the eyes, which means that the eyes are not working together, so there is stress on one eye, that there is incredible overuse of one part of the eye and underuse of the other part of the eye, that's another form of imbalance, that puts pressure of the optic nerve and eventually leads to a loss of that nerve, and it's not simply pressure. Doctors are just doing beyond reasonable doubt, all, uh, beyond, beyond uh, logic, all kinds of work to reduce your pressure. And sometimes it makes sense, because some pressure, just like you inflate a tire, could explode. Some pressure could be too much. Yet, there are other times when it doesn't make sense, where in order to reduce the pressure, you take so much medication that you can actually hurt the eyes pretty badly. You do surgery that could cause cataracts and other problems. So the thing is we should actually work on all three, and I think that anyone who just starts with unfavorable pressure, come and work with us. Just yesterday I met a wonderful lady that refused to take medication, she lost some vision, and she asked me it was a mistake that she didn't take medication. And I thought it wasn't, because she actually kept her eyes in a pretty good shape after losing some vision. She took health food, health food uh, products because she works in Rainbow uh, store in uh, San Francisco, which is a, a semi-health food store, it's a co-op. But it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing that she did. And she took my class uh, that I had here on September 15th. And then she came to me yesterday and with an eye pain that disappeared with doing specific exercises of um, expanding her field. Also, we put obstructive lens in front of her uh, strong eye. And uh, I threw with her ball and she caught and threw ball with her weaker eye, and the pain completely disappeared yesterday, and she felt very optimistic and extremely happy. And uh, this is the direction we take. So again, glaucoma, in my opinion, is a result of lack of blood flow and lack of balance use of the eyes. If we fix those two things, we would be able to prevent glaucoma from occurring in 99% of the cases. That's number one. Number two, if we're already are taking globes, as most people do, because they're scared by doctors and all that, then it's good to do it in a modified fashion and not to overtake them. It's not also good to completely get rid of the drops at once in most cases because it's like, uh, 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 you know, it's like putting oil before a storm in, to, to quiet a storm in an ocean. Once the oil goes away, the storm is even greater. So, you depend on those drops, and if you take them away, the pressure can go higher. So it's not good to get rid of them all at once, but gradually it may be a good idea. And to do the eye exercises, especially the balance use of the eyes, the work of the periphery, and that can prevent that. Now, what about cataracts? Cataracts, in my opinion, unless it's a side effect of uh, retinal detachment surgery or glaucoma treatment, Cataracts, which is an opacity of the lens, is a problem that comes, in my opinion, from overuse of our eyes from near. Because the lens does not have its flexibility from near and from far. And this is our lifestyle. It's one of the things that I'm asking from most modern people. Look at the distance. Do it eight minutes twice a day. And if you can't do it twice a day, do it once a day, not while you're walking, but either while you stand or sit, just comfortably look at a distance. That's what I've done with my patient now. I wanted to do with her a bunch of exercises. But we just went to the beach and did a bunch of wonderful exercises 
looking at a distance. And so it then, sounds like we shouldn't be before the computer. <laughs> you know what? It's true, but we are. You know, we are. Yeah. We also shouldn't sit on chairs all day. We also shouldn't walk with shoes. This is a part of modern reality. You sit in front of the computer. In the case of one of my patients, because he plays stocks, but in the case of other people, it's because they want to educate themselves and all that. But if you really sit in front of the computer, take any excuse to leave the computer. When you go away, like if you need to go to grab a snack or go to the bathroom, then spend an extra minute looking at a distance. Open a door, open a window, look at a distance and wave your hands to the side to know the periphery is, is okay. You return to the computer and your eyes are much more fresh. Uh, and when in the middle of using the computer, take a, a, a small piece of uh, construction paper and put a tape uh, uh, on it and in the bridge of your nose and wave your hands to the side. The, the paper is about an inch by two or three inch. Wave your hands to the side to have a sense of your peripheral vision and then take the paper off and maintain the sense of peripheral vision and your eyes will strain much less at the computer. And if you blink, they will strain less. And then, again, uh, looking from time to time deliberately to the distance will help. So there could be all kinds of things that you do that takes away the stress of looking at a computer. And that can really affect modern life to the best. And with the laptops, uh, I notice people's necks are, you know, they're curved down. I would think that would cut off the circulation also. Absolutely. Actually, the fact that they tense the front muscles, the sternocleido, it's called the scaling, and the chest muscles, they tense all them. What, what's the point of them going and getting a massage? Okay, get a massage, you feel better. It's always good to get a massage and feel better. But um, But the point is, if that is your normal way of doing things, it's a very hard thing on your body, basically. So, yeah. So you're, you're, would, you're, go ahead. So, yeah, I would say that what you're saying, Paula, is absolutely correct. And it's and throughout the years, it freezes the posture that way. And even when you tell a person, raise, raise your head, they no longer do it. It starts with a minute here and a minute there and a day here and a day there. And before you know it, becomes your posture, and that must change. So you're not only helping eyesight; I would think that you're helping the mind, the brain, the, the everything that's in the head when you bring in more circulation. Absolutely. Wow. Well, okay. So we are looking at cataracts, glaucoma, uh, macular degeneration. Is that also? Um, the lack of circulation when it when it uh, decides to pop its head. Mir, hi. Oops. <laughs> Looks like we we might have lost He's there. Him. Oh, hi, I mean, Mir. I, I mean, I can see him. Hmm. Hi, Mayor. Can you, if you can hear us, maybe you need to call back in or something. Hmm. That's strange because he's still connected. Huh. Well, oh, you here know, he is. He, okay. Mayor, are you there? Yes, yes. My phone got disconnected oh. all of a sudden. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I, we were going to talk about macular degeneration, and I asked you if um, if that also is you know, um, the popping of the um, uh, poor circulation as far as in the eyes, does that also put us in the direction? Um, so there direction? are two kinds. I mean, you're right, and and let me add to it. There are two kinds okay. of macular degeneration, basically. Okay. Oh, well, there are more than two kinds, but the two main kinds are such. Uh, there is a macular degeneration which is the dry kind, and it's called drusen, where the body needs to clear a lot of cells from the macula. In fact, I think they can renew to a great extent, and that's why I actually do have hope for macular degeneration. And it just doesn't do enough phagocytosis. 
and it doesn't, basically, the phagocytes do not come and destroy that material, which is called drusen. And that's why um, uh, uh, we have a problem uh, with, uh, with the, the, the macula. And, in fact, uh, two things would solve it. One is more blood flow, and another thing is to continuously blink and gently look at details, kind of uh, imagine that you're brushing the details. There was one uh, person by the name of Quackenbush who did uh, some of the Bates work, and Janet Goodrich, who taught him, they talked about imagine there's a feather that brushes the world, but you can do that, or you can simply look at the world and look from detail to detail in a gentle way, and that could help you a lot. Also, lots of rest <coughs> through palming, like rubbing the hands and putting the hands around the eye orbits. And I must tell you, I'm sitting in a dark room right now, resting my eyes as I'm talking to you, and, and that's another thing that you can do to prevent that. The other kind of macular degeneration is the humid kind, and that's a worse one. Because with the drusen, normally you lose your vision slowly, slowly throughout many years. But with the humid one, you could lose your vision within six months. You could lose your central vision and not see the, uh, the first six lines of the, of the chart. It could be pretty bad. In the past, I really risked my very existence by telling patients to not do the medical treatment because they used to laser the eyes. And they used to destroy some of the cells, thinking that maybe in that they will prevent the destruction of the rest of them. And people got blinded in the areas where they would laser them. Because um, how could any surgeon know exactly where the degeneration starts and ends? And they would, uh, they would basically laser those, those, those uh, blood cells. These days, they give you injections. The idea is this that because you don't have enough circulation, the body grows capillaries. The capillaries are imperfect, so they leak, so they destroy the capillaries. The injection works well, but you see, it's not something that doesn't have side effects or will last forever. And they try to show you all kinds of evidence that tell you that it's safe and it would last forever, but there's no way that it would. And in my opinion, all kinds of complications can come as a result of that as well. Now, here I don't oppose the treatment because if you look at it treatment by treatment, the injections do prevent the uh, flooding of the macula and people can still have okay vision. But again, we need to do eye exercises. We need to loosen the neck and the best case I have is an 81-year-old lady who came to me for six treatments and she had bleeding and after the six treatments she came for another injection and she had a very good ophthalmologist, a decent one, who says, you're not bleeding anymore, I don't need to do the injection. That's how I want to see people treating themselves, getting looser neck, starting to work with the eyes, work with my books, work in my classes. And that can really prevent the, the problems that exist. And I really think I addressed it very forcefully in my book. We stop the vitality of the macula by not paying attention to details. And there are reasons for us not to pay attention to details. But there are better reasons for us to pay attention to details and to uh, maintain the vitality of that wonderful uh, central spot in our retina. No, diabetes. Okay. I was going to say diabetes. Okay. Sorry, Paul. No, diabetes uh, does damage to the eyes also, right? Oh, no question. In the same kind of way that I was describing now, in that the secondary problem of diabetes is poor blood flow. Of course, the primary is poor insulin production, and the insulin brings the, the glucose to the cells with, you know, combination with oxygen. It, it gets us our energy. But um, the, the poor blood flow leads to many problems. Loss of, you know, could be as bad as loss of limbs, uh, gangrenes, loss of kidneys, and that's exactly what happens in the retina. You don't get enough blood to the retina. And by the way, also high blood pressure can do the same thing. Uh, you don't get enough blood to the retina, and so then uh, uh, you start to form uh, vesicles to compensate for it, and they bleed. Uh, 
and that causes a problem. So again, here I don't oppose as much the regular laser treatment it used to be when it's done in the periphery because you can survive with your visual field a bit better if part of the periphery is gone and you can compensate for it. And I think the injections are better. But again, the solution is not that. The solution is to bring more blood flow. And we have wonderful massage techniques, which is tapotment of the bones. And I, I describe it a little bit in the book, but I describe it also in other books, like uh, the Handbook of Self-Healing um, and Movement for Self-Healing. But you basically tap on the bones, and the more you tap on the bones, and also the more you exercise, the more you bring blood circulation, the more you can prevent the side effects of diabetes and actually reduce your uh, dependency on insulin. Um, I also have another question. Um, oh. Can you talk about the hidden danger of sunglasses? I, Just so that you know, I, I recently went to have my eyes done, and I have a little bit of uh, glaucoma, uh, excuse me, cataract. And they said to wear my sunglasses outside. Don't do so that. I'm, Don't listen to that. I'm wondering why they said <laughs> every, yeah. I know. It's interesting. When I was lecturing in Brazil, it said every ophthalmologist Oppose, uh, tells you to wear sunglasses, and I don't. And several ophthalmologists actually in that room who actually supported my book said, we don't either. So let me tell you exactly what I think. Um, okay. They say that the ultraviolet light gets absorbed in the lens and creates the opacity of the lens. I don't think so. I think that basically what causes cataracts is excessive near vision and lack of look at outer vision, I actually think that sunglasses can weaken your eyes because your pupils will not constrict as much. And then what happens is your vision is not going to be nearly as clear. And so if the pupils don't constrict as much and your vision is not nearly as clear, um, you would end up needing them all the time because on their own the pupils will not constrict, so you need the protection of the sunglasses. We have in our retina a whole chamber uh, of darkness. You know, like when you go to a photographer and he takes a picture, normally you will see that he will put black construction paper behind you so the light will not disperse. Well, the retina does that with a pigment called melanin. And the melanin is all over the skin, not only in the eyes. You wear sunglasses and the body starts to produce less melanin, which I think is dangerous for the skin. So uh, I, I think that it's so important to absorb the sunlight, and I think that the sun in no way hurts the lens. What uh, would hurt your lens is not looking enough at a distance and not resting your eyes enough, like being in the dark and, and uh, palming, where you rub your hands and you put your hands very gently around the eye orbits, that could make a difference. And also, in the San Jose Cupertino area, I think it's a good thing if you uh, once or twice a day lie down with a cold towel around your eyes, a cold, moist towel. Uh, some people who don't like the mess of that it make can put a dry towel uh, underneath their head, but a cold towel on the eye orbits would make a very big difference. Maybe that's why there's um, so much more skin cancer now than there used to be because people wear dark glasses more now. In my opinion, yes. In my opinion, yes. Sunglasses, and also they try to protect their skin with all those uh, creams. Well, sometimes it's indicated, and sometimes those are not too good for the for the skin if they choke it too much. But I agree with you. And, you know, doctors used to tell us, you know, don't, uh, uh, don't go in the sun, don't be in the sun until they learn how many people got osteoporosis as a result of not being in the sun. And in the past, in England, in fact, there's a whole book about that. I forgot the exact name, but I'll bring it to you in one of uh, your next shows. And I'm going to meet the author in England in a couple of weeks. Uh, no, in three weeks, when I'll be in, in London uh, in a conference on natural vision improvement, uh, focusing on low vision. But anyway, um, what what he said is that in in uh, in the 1700s, uh, they imposed 
no, I think the 1800s, so it's 1700 and something, right? They imposed um, uh, they, they imposed um, a window tax on the citizens. After all, colonizing the world was not that cheap, you know, with all the navy they had. Well, many, many people put bricks in the windows, and that's why when you go to London, you see that the buildings have so many bricks in them. And um, And that was the time when the greatest amount of communicable diseases and contagious diseases were spread in England. And um, I really think we need the sun for our immune system. I really believe that the greatest food that we can eat is breathing, is the air. And the second to it is light. And then it is water and then it is food. And, And I think we need to really nourish ourselves with the sunlight. And that's where we get our vitamin D3. So many people are low in that now. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to tell you something else, and it's nice it's a metaphysical show because what I'm telling you now I cannot prove scientifically, but I truly believe in it. And this is that I don't think that you can absorb the same way the vitamin from your diet as from light. I mean, the process of absorbing it, must be much more powerful and more effective for the body than the process of just getting it from milk or taking vitamin D supplements. I'm not against it. I'm all for it. But I think that it's no compensation to the vitamin D that you get from the sunlight. So I think that's a very important thing. Plus, let's put it another thing. You're much happier. I mean, I know that lately there was such a sun wave in the South Bay that nobody was happy with that. But I do think that you are happier in the strong light, whether it is sun or whether it is gloomy day. With the light outside, it makes you much, much happier than being uh, all the time indoors. And finally, I'm saying it. I'm sitting in a dark room, but, you know, I was in the light. I, I walked in the light. I took my client to the ocean. And those are real nice things to do, the polarity between dark and light. But it's important for us to be outdoors all we can and to absorb the light. I would, I mean, they say at least a half hour a day, so. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful, Paula. I'm proud of you. And I, I, I really want to say, you know, I feel so good to have these two friends, Paula and Taz, that I can go and, and say whatever I want to say on the radio. And too bad Kate Cupertino doesn't have more audience that it has. I mean, the two of you deserve to be in a national show, really. And, uh, and however, I'm also grateful to the audience that listen to us. And you never know, when you talk in any show, everyone in the world sometimes, somehow, can hear you. Well, I just had a phone call coming in, and uh, okay. the gentleman wanted to know. He said he heard if you were too far north that your body um, didn't, or wasn't able to to uh, bring in the D3 as much, and I'm wondering where it stops. The D3. I don't think it's true. I mean, you have less sun, and of course, uh, this is a good thing to talk about. If you took over Scandinavian countries, uh, there are many uh, cases of depression there because of lack of of uh, of enough light. Uh, in Alaska, you know, sometimes you you have days with hardly any light, and I still think. Uh, if you're there throughout all the seasons, that you would be able to absorb enough light and things would be good. I, I'm happy to hear the opposite, but I think that that's, that that's the case. I'm sure that there are some studies out there to, to see if that's true or not. You know. Yeah, it would be nice to look at it. Yeah. But no matter where you, you live, even if it's raining constantly, try to get out outside. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very grateful to the fact you're saying it. I remember uh, I was in New York last year, and I was walking in the snow. It was such a pleasurable thing to be outdoors. I know that it you know, makes the clothes a bit wet and all that, but it's, it's just a nice thing to be outdoors and to absorb the outdoors. I think, I think it's a great thing. And, well, you know, I when I was... Sh- Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just had a shock. I opened up the book. You know, I've been through this book that you that um, that we have of yours, your brand new book, and 
I, I uh, just came back in and I saw that there was an envelope in the back attached to the back page yes, with all these please. charts. Kind of blew me away. <laughs> that's what I he was talking wow, about earlier. He talked yeah, to the publisher into doing that, so that's great. Oh, yeah. Well, it just it never even hit me. I'm going, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So, yes, it's really a wonderful tool for people to work on themselves. You don't depend anymore on the optometrist. You put the chart on the wall, and you know what your vision is, and you don't have the tension of being in an optometrist office. So when you put the chart on the wall, you can find out, uh, can you see it from 20 feet? If not, can you see it from 10? And if not, can you see it from 5 feet? And don't deny yourself the vision that you have. Don't say, I'm blind, I can't see. Wow, you can see the first letter or the second, the, the, the second line from 5 feet. That's your beginning point. So now do all the eye exercises, uh, wear the glasses less, do sunning, do palming, uh, obstruct your strong eye, work with the weaker eye. Keep that chart on the wall, but don't look at it, or fold it and just put it on the wall in a later date. And see from the same five feet where you saw the first two lines, you see a third one, and then a fourth one, and a fifth one. And when it starts to improve a lot, go back to seven and a half feet and keep doing your exercises. And uh, keep throw, uh, you can even throw balls on that chart to kind of have a sense of the distance. And then when you see better from 7.5 feet, go back to 10 feet. That's partially what the charts are about. You have three charts to work with, and or at least two charts to work with. One is sample of a chart with bigger letters than the ones that you can that you need, uh, the bigger bigger letters than the smallest one that you can see, but just a tad bigger, and then you get used to that distance with those letters, and slowly, slowly, you can see more and more of the letters that you did not see before. That's how we improve, with patience, with love, with time, and we prevent all the eye problems. The only thing I, I, the only eye problems that I really wish on you, Paula and Taz, is that you will drive your girlfriends with eye problems to the eye doctors in your 90s and 100s. All right. (laughs) Well, I have one eye that's nearsighted and one that's farsighted. So (laughs) it's important for you to improve the vision of the one which is farsighted from near and improve the vision which is one which is nearsighted from far. So, for example, you put an obstructive uh, lens on the eye that sees well from far like the way I suggest you do with sunglasses is you take them, you break one lens, the one for the one that sees from far, you put duct tape on the one that sees from near, and you look at the, at, uh, at the distance, you play ball with the one that sees from near, and then um, uh, you will, you will um, look uh, uh, from far w- with that eye, and then when you take the glasses off, 90% of the people see better with both eyes because all of a sudden the eye that didn't used to be looking from near participates and better brain connections are done there. Then what you can do is put a small piece of paper uh, like one inch by two inches with a sticky tape. You put it on the bridge of your nose and it will cover your strong eye from near. You wave your hands to the side and read the text and we have a wonderful text with different size print in page uh, in 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 our um, book, um, I know in Portuguese it's page 134, but it's a different page in in English. In English, and you wave your hands and you take a look at large print, then smaller print, then smaller print. Then you close your eyes and you visualize that the ink is black and the page is white, and you keep looking while waving your hand to the side, and then you uh, will end up seeing the letters better when you take the paper off, the two eyes will see the letters way better. So you do several exercises like this every day for a few minutes and yes, the nearsighted may stay nearsighted but the farsighted eye may participate a bit more looking from near and the farsighted may stay farsighted but the nearsighted may participate more looking from far and the damage of such inequality between the two eyes, it's almost like standing on one leg one leg moves you forward, the other leg is dragging, um, will start to change, and the brain will start to use more cells 
that would work way better and with much more equalities for both sides, and you may prevent all the pathology that can result from it. Hmm. Well, let me uh, just take a minute here and let people know that you have a website. It's called self-healing.org. And the word self and then a dash and then healing.org. And if they want to call you, there's a phone number, 415-665-9574. Again, 415-665-9574. You have an awesome um, clinic in San Francisco on 48th Avenue, and it's really close to the beach. And I know that you you take your... Um, clients there and you work with them on the beach and everything, it's quite a a process that you help support them in finding new ways to uh, work with their health. If if the day is nice, the beach is the biggest, the largest room in our house. (laughs) We have a nice classroom of 700 square feet, but the beach is way bigger. And the air smells terrific there, too. Unbelievable. Yeah. And he's going to be at the East-West Bookstore. Uh, when are you going to be at the East-West Bookstore in Mountain On View? On the 11th. You know, it's interesting. The next day I'm flying to New York. So on the 11th, from 7.30 to, to 9, please come a little bit before 7.30. I'm expecting expecting a nice uh, group of people who will come there. Uh, and I will demonstrate to you how to work on your eyes and talk to you about the 10 steps for natural vision improvement and it would be a good thing for you to get the book then and, and work with it. Okay. So everybody out there, take an opportunity and, and get up to the East-West Bookstore on the 11th. They may want to call ahead to reserve a spot, too. Sometimes. Absolutely. See, the 11th is, uh, what day is that, Paula? Thursday. I don't, oh, Thursday. Thursday. Thank you, Mary. Next Thursday. Yes, next Thursday. You couldn't next do a better time. I mean, you're the first radio show that I was in talking about uh, my book. I mean, I wasn't one blog, but I consider your radio show to be a, a real one. You know, your real uh, radio that I, I was on before I'm on any other show talking about this book. So I just want to know the audience who hear this, hear this first. Well, Mayor and the name Schneider. Of, yeah, okay. The name, of the, book, the name of the book is Vision for Life, Ten Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement. So if they can't get to uh, East West Bookstore, you can get it on Amazon now. Absolutely, you can get it from Amazon. Definitely, Amazon pre-ordered uh, I think seven or eight hundred books. Quite That's a few great. people want it. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah, and thanks to well, you, a uh, hundred more. Huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> Listen, I want a revolution. Here. I will never forget it when I met when I met with um, the publisher in Brazil. I told him. Uh, that I wanted a major discount to pass it to my students so they can pass it to their friends. I told them, I want people to use this book, uh, and I want them to use it like drugs. I want to be a drug dealer in that sense. And he said to me, well, it doesn't work that way because drug, supply you, uh, a drug dealers supply you with, with, with um, uh, material that you want to order again. I said, well, no, it's true, that's the difference, but, but if people start to use this, it will spread to the neighbors and the neighbors of the neighbors and the friend of the friends. I want a real revolution here. I want this book to be uh, basically the, the, the new manifesto to the fact that vision can improve and that uh, we, don't, we shouldn't depend so much on the medical profession to take care of uh, all of our symptoms, just like there is physical therapy for the body. And you know that I have some questions about how it works, but... There's physical therapy for the body. Well, there's also physical therapy for the eyes. And we can work with the eyes and in many conditions move forward proud and happy and uh, and combat depression in that way. And I think this book is very necessary for the world and now more than ever. So I really want all the audience to see that if you get that book and you really work with it, you're beginning a quiet revolution that maybe one day will be noisier, by this point, a quiet revolution, and I want you to spread the word and to know that people can improve the vision in all kinds of situations in life. And that's one of the reasons that calling it Vision for Life is so appropriate because it is for all kinds of ages and most existing situations in life. 
Well, Mayor, you were talking with Mayor Schneider, and this sounds like your heart eye song. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and it's blessing all of us, and it's done so for so many years. It's just so magnificent, and we are so excited always to have you with us as you open doors for people to be able to know that they can really self-heal and and um, improve where they are just with being a little bit consistent and then seeing the progress and, you know, new possibilities are number one on our list as well. Yeah, we can have vision for life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being with us, Mir. And I want to thank both of you, of you for opening so many doors for the world and for myself. Have a very good day. Quite welcome. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.